grace, mercy, and peace to you in the name of our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. As we began last week, our Lenten midweek sermon series is focusing on our God-given emotions and how they play a role in our life of discipleship, which is not just intellectual, but involves every part of our being, including our emotions. I'm kind of calling it faith and feelings because it has a nice alliteration and rolls off the tip of the tongue. Um, But last week we talked about sadness and how sanctified sadness is involved in uh, our walk of discipleship. As we sang in our uh, hymn just now, the cross, it, it makes the coward spirit brave and nerves the feeble arm for fight. It takes the terror from the grave and gilds the bed of death with light. Uh, Tonight, uh, the emotion that we focus on is fear. I put in very dramatic uh, font there uh, to uh, tap into that uh, aspect of of fear, which if it it didn't grab you there, maybe we can connect with with a, a little bit of a fear quiz to start things off. As we go through a series of pictures, I want you to think just your immediate gut reaction, your initial response, scary or not scary. You ready? None of them are too gross, don't worry. Scary or not scary? Uh, I see some scaries. Scary or not scary? Scary or not scary? Scary or not scary? Oh, we got some scaries. Scary or not scary? Okay, I see some big head nods for that one. Scary or not scary? No, okay. Scary or not scary? Scary or not scary? A little bit. Scary or not scary? That's the Cass County Courthouse, if you can't read the... uh, So there's a lot of of, uh, fear, maybe, that some of those pictures even triggered just just seeing the picture. Maybe you felt your heart begin to race a little bit, a little sweat on the temples, uh, feeling that, that rush of anxiety or, or something that uh, is really what fear is, is all about. It's a runaway emotion uh, that uh, prepares us to get out of there fast. The body, the mind dumps those adrenaline uh, uh, and other hormones into the bloodstream to give you that sudden rush you need when you see that scary thing to get out of dodge, uh, to run away uh, from whatever that danger may be. Uh, Because that's what fear is. It's the recognition of danger. You can think of it this way. Anybody recognize this guy? Lost in space? Danger, Will Robinson! Danger! Like the the robot who followed the Robinsons around to apparently no other purpose than to repeat danger over and over, uh, God has given us uh, our our fear instinct to, to be that same voice of warning. Uh, to call out danger, uh, alert us, and, and put us uh, on, on our guard, 
uh, to stay away or, or run away uh, from whatever that danger may be. Of course, in a fallen world, uh, it doesn't always work the way it's supposed to. And sometimes our fear can run away with us. Uh, fear is supposed to be a, an alarm to alert the intellect uh, to dangers so that it can be dealt with properly. In some cases, it just you want to bypass that conscious thought process and just run away from the pouncing tiger or something. Uh, but in our more everyday experience, those dangers don't require snap decisions to sprint away immediately. Uh, and it, it should uh, not uh, replace the intellect or turn off the intellect, but be a trigger to that conscious part of the brain to say, okay, here's a danger and what am I going to do about it? Instead, though, sometimes it does get in the way of actually effectively processing a danger. We may experience panic or terror. That's an instantaneous crippling fear uh, that prevents us from doing the right thing that may cause us to run blindly in the dark uh, to put ourselves in greater danger uh, than uh, actually stopping to think about what ought to be done. It may take the form of anxiety, which is a more long-term crippling fear. Uh, that weighs on us and burdens us uh, so that we're unable to take appropriate responses. Uh, there's also just the fact that the signals may not be uh, mirroring uh, the real threat level. Some things we f may fear more than we should. Uh, some things we maybe don't fear as much as we should. Now you can go back uh, through the list, how many of us have got caught speeding, uh, got caught breaking a law because we didn't take it seriously enough, or uh, become terrified even though we weren't speeding uh, because we just have a guilty conscience? Is that something we need to be afraid of? Or is it something we need to be afraid of a little more? The sea is a great example of something that in itself does not necessarily terrify fishermen who professionally go out there day after day and don't hesitate to do so to make their living off of it. And yet, they have the, the respectful fear of what the ocean is capable of then when the Coast Guard gives a storm warning, they book for harbor. Uh, while others, tourists who uh, may think, oh, how bad can it be, may hang out there trying to get that one last flounder and find themselves the uh, focus of a rescue operation. Uh, money is not something we're automatically terrified of. And yet, the Bible tells us that the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And maybe that immediate reaction of, ooh, is something we should be a little more worried about. Of course, the chocolate cake, uh, we all know, is something that seems enticing, but may lead to uh, more than we bargained for if we overindulge. 
The snake, I know a lot of you are scared of that one. If you look at it closely, any herpetologists among us uh, may be able to identify uh, what type of snake this is. It's a black snake. It's completely harmless. doesn't have an ounce of poison in it. Uh, but it'll take care of any rodent prop population you have. Uh, this is a very beneficial animal, not something to be afraid of, but to appreciate. The bison. I was kind of surprised some of you guys are scared by bison. Uh, I mean, look at him. He's more ridiculous than scary, uh, at least to me. He's like a combination of Eeyore and a French poodle. Uh, and I'll, most people uh, actually find themselves more drawn to this large but overall more placid animal so that the uh, visitors to Yellowstone National Park are renowned for getting too close to these animals to take pictures. And in fact, many of them do get hurt um, because of the proximity or the sense of safety they feel around. It's not like it's a carnivore. It's not a bear or something. Uh, but if you don't take it seriously, it can be deadly. Uh, the grave is another example. Death, uh, something that we naturally have an aversion to and many people find terrifying, uh, the whole concept of death. Uh, but in Christ, through the power of the resurrection, we need not fear beautiful bed of lush foliage here. Some of you maybe, I don't think, noticed immediately that each one of those stems has three leaves on it. And this is not a bed of lush foliage you want to roll around in uh, because it's poison ivy. Uh, we may not immediately recognize the danger, uh, but that doesn't mean it's not there. Of course, that one was just to get you scared. The point is here that I forgot I put all these in again, so we're going to have to go through them again. There we go. Uh, that our, our fear serves an important purpose, uh, but it needs to be handled in, in an appropriate way. So what is the role of fear in discipleship? Well, uh, the Bible sends us two very clear messages about fear. Don't be afraid and be very afraid. And both of these messages, actually either one of them independently, would be a very significant theme in Scripture. You can ignore either one of them and say the Bible talks a lot about fear. There's well over a hundred specific references just saying don't be afraid or fear not. I will not be afraid. Uh, that's not even counting all the do not tremble or, or ha do not be anxious about anything or uh, things of that sort. Uh, similarly, there's an equal number of encouragements to uh, fear and be afraid, which is in fact exactly the opposite, it would seem. So let's unpack this. Uh, first of all, the Bible is, makes a strong case to be not afraid. Uh, Psalm 23, that famous passage, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. 
Joshua 1, be strong and courageous. Be very courageous. Do not tremble or be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. It's reiterated in Isaiah 41. Fear not, for I am with you. First uh, John 4, that famous passage, perfect love drives out fear. Uh, and the list could go on and on and on. Like I said, there's well over 100 of them, so we won't go into all of them. But just to highlight some specific particular ones that really establishes this is a major theme of, of the Bible. Uh, that the freedom from fear is something that uh, God's Word tells us over and over uh, is His plan for us. But it also tells us there's an appropriate place for fear. In our Old Testament lesson on Sunday, we heard uh, about uh, God's command to Abraham to sacrifice Isaac. And as Abraham is about to do so, God intervenes and says, Now I know that you fear me uh, because you have not withheld your son, your only son. That the whole point of this exercise was to establish that Abraham feared God? Ecclesiastes chapter 8 Uh, Solomon writes, I know that it will be well with those who fear God because they fear him. That's pretty straightforward. But it will not be well with the wicked, neither will he prolong his days like a shadow, because he does not fear God. Uh, It's very clear on both ends of the spectrum. Uh, Wow, that came out tiny. Uh, But it's even in the uh, New Testament 2 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul writes, Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. Now, we're supposed to have fear of God uh, to motivate us along with his promises to cleanse us from every defilement of body and spirit, to bring holiness to completion. Uh, Peter writes, honor everyone, love the brother, fear God, honor the emperor. You can't get more direct than that. Fear God. Uh, In Revelation, fear God and give him glory because the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who made heaven and earth. What we can see in these contexts uh, is that fear of God is not like the terror of a snarling dog jumping at you. Uh, That we're not to run away from God. Uh, But the the fear of God is to motivate us to worship him, uh, to uh, give him glory, and run away from sin. And that's the very powerful theme that occurs over and over as the scripture talks about the fear of God. There's that specific application of it. Where are we? I think we got a previous edition here. I tinkered with it at the last minute and the tinkerings didn't get in, uh, apparently. So, uh, let's just stop there then. Uh, That, uh, uh, be af- the Bible's witness is to be afraid and do not sin. Uh, as uh, we read in 2 Kings 17, 
they do not fear the Lord and they do not follow the statutes or commandments that the Lord commanded the children of Jacob. It pops up again in Psalm 55, Deuteronomy 25, Ecclesiastes 8, Isaiah 57, Jeremiah 3, 5, and 10, and Malachi 3, just to name a few examples, where not fearing the Lord is specifically connected to not obeying the Lord. That it calls out the sin and wickedness of the world as a result of having no fear of God. Whereas, in contrast, Nehemiah chapter 5, Nehemiah writes that the former governors who were before him laid heavy taxes on the people, and even their servants lorded it over the people. But Nehemiah says, but I did not do so because of the fear of God. It was the fear of God uh, that led him to avoid harsh and oppressive rule. And so there is a role of fear of God that I think gives us a, a, a good example of that uh, is the old movie uh, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. There's an iconic scene that you, you may remember where they're running away from the posse and they come to the edge of a cliff with a narrow stream of water, probably actually a real river down at the bottom, but it's so far below it, it looks like a mere ribbon. And the only way of escape is to take that leap. Uh, Butch says, all right, we got to jump. Let's go for it. And Sundance backs off and says, no, I, I can't. I can't do it. I can't swim. Well, what's Butch Cassidy's response? Are you crazy? The fall will probably kill you. Uh, that there's no need to worry about not swimming. That's the least of your problems. In fact, you want to be sure you hit the water rather than something else. Because your, your fear of the water, your fear of not being able to swim, should not be your overriding fear here. Now, the real danger is, of course, cracking up on the rocks or even just getting uh, knocked out by your collision with the water. What you're afraid of uh, matters, and it can govern you. But it's not necessarily to terrify us, uh, but uh, to remove... Uh, a less significant fear. Paul writes that way about the government in Romans chapter 13. For rulers are not a terror to good conduct. That the government is not inherently terrifying where you have to run away from uh, police or uh, courthouses or things of that nature. Uh, for rulers are not a terror to good conduct, but to bad would you have no fear of the one who's in authority? Then do what is good, and you will receive his approval. For he is God's servant to do you good. You need not fear. But if you do wrong, then you do have to be afraid. For he does not bear the sword in vain. He is the servant of God, an avenger who carries out God's wrath on the wrongdoer. Now, fear isn't of government itself, but of the authority to avenge wrongdoing. And what applies to earthly authority applies even more to divine authority. Uh, that would you be free of fear from God? Well, do what is good. 
But if you do wrong, be afraid. Authority isn't inherently terrifying, but demands respect. God's authority isn't inherently terrifying, but demands respect, that we should take his law seriously and not uh, carelessly or wantonly oppose him. And that point is further made and established by Isaiah as well, back in chapter 8 of his book. For the Lord spoke thus to me with his strong hand upon me and warned me not to walk in the way of this people, saying, Do not call conspiracy all that these people call conspiracy, and do not fear what they fear, nor be in dread. But the Lord of hosts, him you shall honor as holy. Let him be your fear and let him be your dread. Now, where the world fears worldly powers and authorities, we're not to make them the focus of what really matters, what really defines us and determines our safety, but to look to God for that. That we would not let fear of worldly authority or any worldly thing govern us. As Jesus himself said, do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. That God's word, God's will, should be our greatest concern to govern what we see as scary or not scary, not what the world says. That what God warns us about uh, should be our fear, not what the world does. And when we acknowledge God as the greater power and authority, that actually has the effect of freeing us from terror and anxiety in earthly things. And because God has not only clearly spelled out what should concern us, but he's also promised us the victory uh, by his facing death and overcoming it in his resurrection. And the cross it shows God's greatest victory and his ultimate power uh, that not even death need terrify us or cause us anxiety because God is greater. That was where I put that in the revised edition. Uh, so what is the role of fear in discipleship? Of uh, fearing God's wrath and taking him seriously to flee from sin and temptation, uh, to sound the alarm, danger, Will Robinson, uh, whenever sin and temptation would cross our path. Uh, simultaneously also, uh, that uh, our walk of discipleship as we acknowledge uh, God as the greatest authority in whom we should uh, really concern ourselves, that gives us freedom from terror and anxiety over earthly things because God is in charge and God is greater. And may that peace as beyond all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until the day of his glorious return. Amen.